Hey everybody, you are listening to the Vocal Advancement Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Tom, joined by Heather. Sosadai. Oh, we like that. Sosadai. <laughs> Very good. Where are we with so that? That is Cambodian, which uh-huh. was requested by our guest today that I did it in Cambodian as she has a brother who lives in Cambodia. So uh, I do apologise if her brother is listening to this and I completely <laughs> butchered that, but I did my best. <laughs> I thought it was very good. Now, I'll give you five bonus points if you can tell me where in the world is Cambodia. (laughs) (laughs) That's not allowed. Somewhere over there. I'm not sure. I want to say it's It's near Thailand. It's Asian. (laughs) I was going to say it's somewhere in Asia. Cambodia. It's somewhere in Asia. There we go. It is. It's near Thailand. It's near Thailand. There we go. Very good. Yeah. All right. You, you only asked that question so that you could answer it and look good. <laughs> Apparently, unconsciously, yes. <laughs> I must have seen it somewhere in a program and not realised. So, we're in episode 19. No, actually, that's a lot of rubbish. We're on episode 21. <laughs> My goodness me. That's I a know. lot of episodes. It's a lot of chatting we've done, Tom. I know. And yet we still haven't run out of things to say. Oh no, well, that's because we like to chat. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'll cup of tea. That's normal for us, uh, you know, singers, performers, isn't it? That we like to yeah. just yabber on for a bit. I know, can't shut us up. <laughs> 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 that sounds about uh, right. <laughs> Everybody so, that's listening is like, yes, that's right, Tom and Heather, shut up. That's it. And, do you know, and it, it, we, we, it feeds forwards into the next generation. It's currently our summer break in the UK, our summer holidays, as we call it. And so my kids are home from school. And so I have got two young girls who also never stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're at home with me all the time when I'm not at work, just yabbering on, mummy this and mummy that and mummy the other. Yeah, they like to talk too. I don't know where they get it from, really. I can't imagine where. (laughs) (laughs) You're such a quiet, shy, retiring person. Absolutely, aren't I just? (laughs) (laughs) So what's new with you, Tom? What have you been up to recently? Well, I've been working... Um, oh, well, we might... We could give a little exclusive in our podcast today if you wanted. Oh, let's, let's. Okay, well, I've been working on um, our upcoming Singing Teachers Summit mm-hmm. that we're working on. So that's going to be November 2023. So I've been working on that and I've been working on inviting guest speakers and sorting out, you know, the the logistics of it, you know, how things are going to run, how it's going to work. So that's been a, a trip down the rabbit hole. That it's I've very enjoyed. exciting, isn't it? It is. I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's our first first time doing this kind of thing for, because we we do this for our teachers. Like every fall, mm-hmm. we do kind of like a fall testing preparation summit. But this is our first time doing it for people outside of IVA. Yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be great. I'm like I'm looking forward to meeting lots of singing teachers outside in the the big wide vocal world and getting to know them. Absolutely, and you know, making new friends, making mm. uh, new acquaintances, and and. Uh, sharing some knowledge and getting in some some fantastic speakers to share their knowledge with us all and hopefully you know coming out the other side of it better teachers because of it yeah absolutely that you know can, that continual professional development that we keep you know 
going on and on about. Like that, this is a great avenue for that. And as you say, I'm looking forward to getting to see some things that we haven't seen before. Absolutely. Oh, exciting. Oh, it's very exciting. It is. When, when will that be uh, available for people to, uh, to book, Tom? Do we know? Well, I'm hoping by the time this episode comes out, we'll be taking registrations for it. Fab. So if you see yeah. a link in the show notes below, oh. it's because uh, we got there on time. We're organised. If there's no link in the show notes, wait until the next episode. There will be... <laughs> <laughs> Or sign up to our newsletter, because it will be on our newsletter once registrations are open. Oh, there you go. And then you won't miss any information if you're interested in coming along and say coming along. It's all online, right? So you don't need to go anywhere. You can just roll out of bed and turn your computer on and you'll be at our summit. Fantastic. Did I mention as well that it's free? It's free? It's free. Yeah, you can come and attend at no charge. I know. What are we doing that for, Tom? I don't know. <laughs> That's madness. <laughs> Who came up with that? They should be fired. Why are we giving it all away for free? I know, I know. It's because we like to make friends, you know, and the best way to make friends is to give presents, I think. Absolutely. Gifts. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's our gift to the vocal world. I love it. Come join us. Come hang out with mm. us. It's free. Why not? Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I'm really looking forward to that, actually. Uh, Joking well, aside. You'll have to stay tuned and we'll we'll drip mm-hmm. feed you some more information about that as and when yeah. things get firmed up and sorted and confirmed and we can give you a little bit more of a taster of that. But yes. um, for now, who have we got on our, our podcast today, Tom? Well, today's guest is the lovely Tessa Smith from the UK. So... You know that we've talked about warm-ups and stuff before, I think, on this podcast, but Tessa has been doing research about it, and so she came along to share some of her findings and tell us a little bit more about it. So, very, very interesting talk. I really enjoyed chatting to Tessa. She's lovely. She was very nice. She is lovely. Um, And some really fantastic gems of information and, you know, just really makes you think, again, about what you think vocal warm-ups are and, and what they should be. Um, Mm. But yeah, I think we should go listen to what Tessa has to share. Yeah. So Tessa, thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We are really looking forward to having a good old chat with you about a few things. But we want to gently ease you into the podcast. So we thought you could tell us a bit about how you got started in the singing world. Oh, yeah. So... um... That is an easy question to start. Thank you. Um, I, I think if we're going right back to childhood, I have just loved singing. And I always wanted to be a singer. And then I was really lucky with my schooling. I had some really great teachers, just music teachers, who really pushed me to um, go into that. I used to be really nervous and, uh, and I would avoid auditions and musicals, even though I wanted to do them. So I had some really great teachers who gently forced me um, <laughs> to uh, to do those things. And then as I got into high school and I did music A-level and it became really clear that there was nothing really else that I wanted to do that I could see myself doing. So I knew that that meant that I was going to go to university um, to do singing. And I ended up at what is now Leeds Conservatoire studying on their jazz degree. Um, and so I did that. So what, then, just out of interest, yeah. what was it that made you choose jazz over any other genre of music? Yeah, that's a really good question because actually when I applied for that 
degree course, I applied for straight music. Um, I was interested in jazz because my middle school teacher, which is years five to eight, was a jazz piano player. And so his music lessons often had a lot of um, jazz influence and he was he ran the choir. Um, and so there was a lot of kind of jazz around me, but only in school. And my dad listens to it, but isn't an avid jazz fan. Um, and then when I moved into high school, again, one of the singing teachers, so one of the music teachers that came in when I was in my A-levels was also a jazz singer. She now works for Sing Up, actually. Um, and so that was quite influential because I'd been doing classical singing grades from year nine and I did all my associated board grades. But in my A-levels, I also started doing the jazz lessons. And I think it was probably the creativity part. I think it was the not being bound by the rules um, and improvising as much as it can be quite nerve wracking. It's also very freeing. Um, and I think that was a big part of it. And I went to a summer school course um, in between my year 12 and year 13 at Leeds um, and learned from some great singers. It was Tina May and um, Anna Stubbs, I think were the two that ran it. And I met some people there. And so when I was applying, this is a long story, I'm sorry. <laughs> when I went to the open day of Leeds Conservatoire, um, as was College of Music, I had applied for the straight music course, but a friend who I'd met on that course was applying for jazz. And she said, will you come round with me, please? And I said, yeah, sure. Um, and by the end of that open day, I was like, actually, yeah, I want to I wanna do jazz. <laughs> um, so I switched <laughs> over. And um, I think for me personally, it was much better because it gave me a lot more career options. Um, I think I'm more suited to that kind of singing. I don't think I would have been a working singer if I'd have been doing classical styles. That's interesting. So when did you venture into the world of teaching singing? Well, I, my, my first singing student was, I used to run a choir for the WI. There's a WI uh, in Leeds called Buns and Roses. Yes. Um, and and I, I ran a pop-up choir for them at Christmas. We did caroling. And there was a, a lady in that group who really wanted jazz singing lessons. And I did not feel equipped, partly because she had perfect pitch. She could read music like you could yeah. read a book. And so anytime she saw any dots on a page, she would just sing it exactly as written. And I could not, for the life of me, work out how I could teach somebody like that. Because the second I would give her some music, she would lose the, the sort of jazz improvisation thing mm -hmm. and I was uh and I, I I said no so many times I mean I didn't say no I just sort of put her off so many times and she was really <laughs> persistent and so I had to really think about how I was going to teach her um and so I um yeah I uh I said I would teach her and what I did was I just ended up giving her lyrics to songs playing from a chord sheet with no melody and just making her like asking her to make it up and so she, she didn't know the song, but it didn't matter because what I needed to do was get her into that kind of freedom place and not worry that there was a right and a wrong answer because there isn't. Um, 
especially not in that kind of music. So that was like me dipping my toe into one-to-one, which is is very style-based um, rather than technique-based. Um, and I was doing a lot of choirs. That's, that's really been my way in, I think, as well. I've, I've mm. always done choirs. I so, love it. Yeah. So when did you start getting interested in this whole topic of warming up? Yeah, so I have never... Oh, I have never been great at warming up my voice. I had never been great at warming up my voice. When I was doing my lessons in... Um, my classical lessons in high school, I would turn up to my lesson. This is awful. I would turn up to my lesson and my teacher had a, a set number of exercises. They were all like scales and um, little arpeggios and things and on various different vowel sounds. And she would try and get me to do it. And I thought they were so boring. And I would come in and I'd go, oh, no, can we just sing the songs? I've been singing all day. I've, I've, I'm warm. Because, you know, I was singing to the radio or whatever. And she let me for the most part. Oh, OK. I know. Well, I, I think, to be honest, I was probably one of her most enthusiastic students and somebody who she knew was going to go on to study music. Um, Whereas I think not all of the students were like that. So she probably just was like, yeah, do what you want. Um, <laughs> but then that, that meant that I had a, a kind of, well, I'd look at it now and think slightly problematic um, relationship with warming up. And um, when I got to university, we would do warm-ups. But again, I found them really boring. They were long. They were, they were repetitive. Um, I didn't really understand why I was doing them. I knew that they helped, but I never did I have 20 minutes? I'm not very good at timekeeping, so I always felt like I didn't have <laughs> enough time. And so um, then when I was, this is only a few years ago now, I went to a teacher training course um, with Dane Chalfin and Kim Chandler. I know you've had Kim on recently. Um, mm -hmm. And she told us, the group about her her idea of warming up versus working out and how the warm-up is completely um just preparation based and it's not musical and it's only five minutes ten minutes tops um and you know she just talks about sirens and stretches and I was like what I've never heard this like why is it so short <laughs> why is it not 20 minutes of boring boring stuff that I don't want to do um and that really I was like I'm sure other people know this, but I did not know that. And so fast forward, when I started doing um, my master's in vocal pedagogy, I was looking at things that I could do that were applicable to all of my students. So I work, um, I work in a university, teaching singing to university students. And they it's a popular music course and they all do different styles and they have very different voices. And I like that and I try to let them be as individual as they want to be. So I was trying to think of things that they all had in common. And one of those things of the very small list um, was warming up. So I studied um, warm up. I did a, a research, um, a research project using them, finding out what they knew when they came into first year 
um, delivering the information that I'd found through the research that I'd been doing and then following up and seeing how they, if they and how they had changed their routines, having then been given this knowledge. Um, so what what did your research unearth? <laughs> so what were the gems that you shared with these students that maybe our listeners were, are waiting with bated breath to find out about? Well, it was interesting because having had that information from Kim, I was sure that the literature was going to sort of almost side with that. It's SOVT based. It's five to 10 minutes. The other stuff is a, is a uh, workout. Don't include it in your in your warm-up and actually I didn't find that what I found was that there are two camps and the physiological side is quicker and can be um you know not quite so musical in terms of just pitch glides and things and stretches but that the other side of things the side that I had been taught since school that I unfortunately found quite boring um (laughs) there are there are benefits to that too um especially in like resonance and therefore building confidence and of course if you're doing them to musical patterns and that kind of thing um that's going to help musicianship too so I was a little bit surprised by that because I had suddenly become a convert of like a warm-up is just five minutes and it's really quick and easy and quiet um and actually it's it's more than that. It's you can choose and you can look at um, what you need from your warm up that day and what your circumstances are that day and what your obstacles are. And you can choose what you do, um, factoring all of those things. Um, so that was one of the things that I found really interesting. And one of the And then some of the things that I found from the students that I was working with in that project were things like the obstacles. And for me, that's that's a really important part, because I think just in general, there's a lot of things that we all know we should do in singing and in life. Um, (laughs) But there are reasons why we don't do them. And oftentimes we we just feel guilty about it. Like, oh, I didn't do that because whatever. And And you feel really bad about it. But I don't think that there should be judgment on it. I think there should just be recognition of what that obstacle is and then mitigations as I say judgment free so some of the obstacles that that came up were you know things like lack of time um lack of knowledge as to what to do um lack of space lack of piano those kind of things but I also found especially because I'm working with university students things like noisy housemates or feeling like they don't want to be the noisy housemate. And so recognising those things and trying to work with the individual to see what mitigations are available are really important to me as well. Mm. So what would you recommend then? All right, say you've got someone who is a gigging musician and they've got a performance tonight. Performance starts at seven o'clock. What should the preparation, what should the warm-up be for them to ensure that at seven o'clock they're ready to get on and do the gig that they need to do yeah well 
I'm, so, I'm going to sound awful. I'm like, I need more information. Like, because, because what kind of singing are they going to be doing in the gig? All you right, know, they're, if it's they're a, a jazz singer. Let's make them a jazz singer. Go on. All right. Mm-hmm. Are, they a ja- are they a jazz singer who's sitting in the corner of a restaurant and everybody's going to consistently tell them to turn down because they're getting too loud? Do they need, do you know what I mean? Do they need to be warming up the big, the big registers or... Uh-huh. Or is it more of a, like... Okay, so let's say they're fronting a big band. Ooh, yeah. Lucky (laughs) lucky them. (laughs) Big old gig coming up. So, I mean, for me now, I try and think about what... Where do I have the time? Because oftentimes as a gigging musician, you're driving to the venue, then you're unpacking, then you're sound checking, and then you might be then thrown on to stage straight away there's a brilliant meme that I saw the other day that was like you know an opera singer warm-up and a um contemporary singer warm-up and then a jazz warm-up was just the woman like downing a bag of crisps and running on stage without (laughs) shoes um you know but oftentimes we feel like there's not a lot of time Hmm. um and so for me it's not ideal but doing some SOVTs as I drive to a venue is sometimes the only chance that I know I'm going to get. Ideally, I would want more, but if that's the base level. Um, and then I would say checking in is a really important thing that sometimes we don't think about is, well, how do I feel today? Your warm-up is going to change every day because you're going to feel different every day. You might be more tired. You might have, I don't know, sat on a bus funny and feel a bit stiff in a shoulder. So checking in and making sure that you know where you're at will then help you to know what warm-ups to choose so for me if I'm singing if if I was an ideal situation for a singer about to go on to do a big band I would be saying you know physical stretches release some tension SOVT exercises to warm up the vocal folds themselves and then move into those kind of resonance exercises to work on building the confidence and getting that resonance in place ready to do what you're about to do Mm -hmm. but if there's no time (laughs) what's the best (laughs) thing that we can do well we can have a quick check-in we can stretch those muscles and we can do five minutes of SOVTs SOVTs before we go on and at least we've done something I feel like something is better than nothing um when we're Mm. talking about vocal warm-ups but what should the singer look for though to kind of make them realize okay that's enough like so they don't go too far in their mm. warm-up, you know, so the, you know, like, because I've had students in the past where, like, well, I warmed up for an hour and then I couldn't do the gig because I'd spent all my energy warming up, you know? <laughs> yeah, and that's something I found when I was doing the research as well, is that the time of these things, so the um, physiological SOVTs, there was a study, oh, I can't remember who it was, but the study on SOVTs was that it was kind of optimum at six minutes. So, you were the the blood flow was increasing until six minutes and then past 10 minutes there was no added benefit so if you did like 15 minutes there was no more added benefit than 10 minutes on an SOVT but on a on those kind of technical resonancy ones it took 20 minutes for them to really take their effect and that didn't that didn't include affecting the blood flow that was just the resonance side of things so if they're like your top 10 minutes SOVTs, 
20 minutes of, um, I, you know, I feel like doing 20 minutes of scales and arpeggios is quite a lot of singing before a gig. Mm, um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess you're just trying to be mindful, aren't you, of, of what is about to happen, whether it's a practice, because if it's a practice, that's different because those warm-ups might then turn into a workout. You might stop your warm-up and go, I'm going to work on this bit of repertoire now. Oh, I really need to use this register or this sound. So then you go back to those kinds of exercises, but now they have a different purpose. But in a gig situation, I think that's different. And yeah, you don't want to be tiring your voice out. Um, And the more that you do this the more you're going to know your own voice and you're going to know how it feels and how it sounds when you are warmed up versus how it sounds and feels when you're not. And again, it sounds like a bit of a cop-out, but everybody is different. And the best way to do it is to just know your own voice and your own, you know, how you feel. Yeah, absolutely. And suppose that, you know, some people will be quicker, some people might be take a bit longer depending on the physiology as well, wouldn't they? You know, my voice might take 10 minutes, whereas yours might only take five because of our makeup. And, you know, some days mine might take five and sometimes it might take 10. Yeah. There's the clock. There's the clock. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So let's go back to, I've decided our jazz singer is called Jemima. Jemima the jazz singer. (laughs) Love it. I mean, she looks like a a duck in my head, but that's fine. A little puddle duck. So Jemima's done her gig, you know, it was a success, standing ovation after standing ovation, and she's now backstage. What? So what does she do now with her voice then? Does she need to cool down or is that un- is one of these things that you don't really need to bother with? I would say absolutely she needs to cool down. And this is another area of my education that was massively lacking. I just, it had just never been mentioned. And now when I think about that, I think, that that is ridiculous. How could I not have got, how could I have gone through, you know, however many years and not know that that was a thing? Um, But yeah, I think that that is just as important as as the warming up. Um, And so, yeah, again, kind of five, 10 minutes. And I do this with my choirs uh, now because I think it's so important. And I, I sort of make a joke about it and I say, you know, let's have a quick stretch. Where did I make you feel tense? <laughs> did, were you stressed about that thing that I was making you sing? Let's check in. Um, but it's, I think it's super important. And then again, those SOVTs. But if you think of the warm-up as taking you from kind of this bass level to a place of singing, like here's speech level, here's singing, higher intensity thing. We don't want to just leave our voice up there. We need to bring it back down to the place again. And I think we've all had those circumstances where either we've done a gig or a rehearsal or even just gone on a night out and used our voice in quite a high intensity way, not thought about it, gone home, gone to bed. And the next day we feel a bit tight. We feel a bit hoarse and we go, oh, I overdid it. Hmm. But, you know, if we'd done that because we went for a run and we didn't stretch and then we just sat down, the next day we'd feel sore and we wouldn't go, oh, well, you might go, oh, I overdid it. But you'd probably more likely look first at the fact that you didn't stretch. Hmm. And that's what I think I was certainly lacking, that kind of association with my voice. 
And so does the cool down to you look very similar to the warm up or is it a entirely different routine? For me, it looks quite similar, just mm-hmm. in a, a sort of descending rather than ascending kind of a way. Um, I have not, it's one of my like, research areas to delve into because when you do that you always find things that you didn't expect but um and I know there's loads of great literature about it that I just haven't I haven't looked into yet but for me it looks very similar um and it's just about kind of releasing any tension obviously we want to be singing trying to sing with as little tension as possible in certain areas but if we have had that creep in it's just about releasing that and making sure, as I say, that you're kind of going back to your base level for the next. And that, because you mentioned there, like ascending and descending, that kind of made me think of like when I was a, a younger teacher many moons ago, like being kind of warm up described as you start lower and move up the way. And then when you're finished, you start up the way and move down the way in your range. So does that kind of make sense in terms of like warm ups? Would you do your warm up moving up? your cool down moving down kind of thing I think so but again it's like I say I say to the choir folk when we're cooling down oftentimes we are thinking about we've just been at these high pitches but what if you've just been you know singing bass and you've been really stretching your voice down there you don't like <laughs> you're actually bringing your you know your kind of back to standard might be um counteracting that instead so I think mm. in general Oftentimes we do think about it in terms of a rising pitch, but again, it's sort of situation specific, isn't it? So it's basically bringing them back to where they would ordinarily be speaking as Mm. much as possible. Mm -hmm. What about if, you know, so Jemima's next morning for Jemima. I don't know why I was thinking with this analogy, I'm sorry, (laughs) but it's in my head now. So maybe next morning Jemima's forgot to cool down and she's a bit puffy in her cords. Would you suggest that, she then just rests her voice until maybe the next gig that night or is it better to do maybe something earlier on in the day to get the voice and the blood moving and then something later on in the day as well like or so what's your take on that I would say it kind of depends on the circumstance and how she feels and what she knows about her own voice but for me those SOVT type warm-ups shouldn't um be particularly strenuous and so if we're just thinking about gently easing Mm. things I wouldn't say you know go and do all your arpeggios up to a (laughs) c5 or whatever (laughs) c6 but you know I would I would say that there's probably not a lot of harm in just bubbling away or blowing on a straw for a couple of minutes just to see just to see how it feels and if it doesn't feel great Mm. then you go off and you think about think about your life choices no uh, <laughs> no and you think about what you're going to do and and you know maybe you drink some water or inhale some steam or do what you think you need to do get some more rest and then check back in because it kind of like i'm getting from you that like it's important to know your voice know know your voice know where it is where it sits what feels good what feels bad so that you then have a ref a frame of reference and i guess you can only really get that Unless you know a lot about the voice or you work with somebody that knows a lot about the voice. And so, yeah, so people should take lessons. Sing the teachers. <laughs> just put that Smooth. in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, should... like, you know, I think it's important, isn't it? I think taking lessons is a really good thing to do because you will learn that. But ultimately, mm. your singing teacher isn't going to be at your beck and call 
all the time. So you have to make sure that you're using their knowledge and you're taking that on board and then you're doing your own stuff. You're doing your own practice and your own reflection right. and all that stuff to make sure that you are the expert in your own voice. They might be the expert in voice, um, but you have to know your voice as well, just as well, if not better, because, yeah, because they're not there all the time, but you are. Yeah, so I love that. True. And, you know, like we're the only ones that know how our voice feels in our body, aren't we? So... Yeah, that's really important. But what about, so let's say we've had Jemima. Let's have Roger, the public speaker. (laughs) Do these same principles apply to people that are in speaking? So like, you know, for example, this podcast, you know, should we have been thinking about warming up our voices before coming on and using our podcast voices? (laughs) I didn't realise we had a podcast voice. I was going to say, do I have a podcast voice? I don't know. I don't sound like this in normal life. (laughs) I don't know. I think that um, that's a difficult one, isn't it? Because obviously it's a bit like walking versus running. And like, do we, wa- do we warm up before we walk? Do we warm up before we speak? But then if you are using your voice all day, every day, there is going to be benefit to warming it up at the beginning of the day. And I think, again, you'll hear and see lots of different opinions on it. I think professional speakers, absolutely warming up their voice is going to be beneficial and that's going to look like those physiological SOVT things but it's also going to look like maybe not scales and arpeggios but maybe things like articulation exercises tongue twisters those kinds of things is going to be really helpful maybe um you know no scales and arpeggios but maybe getting to a projected place Hmm. you know um but again it's I think it's a difficult one because I honestly did not warm up before I came to speak to you today. <laughs> but then, you know, I'm a parent and I spend all my day yelling at kids. Um, maybe it's more important that I just cool down at the end of the day. I'm like, oh, that was a lot of yelling. <laughs> so I'm intrigued because you said earlier that part of your, um, your research project involved teaching some of your university students some of this stuff about warming up and then finding out how their habits changed. So I'm interested to find out whether their habits did change once you gave them this sort of information. Did they start warming up more? Did they start using their voices differently? Well, I mean, they said they did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I think I had some students who, for example, were gigging students already and they, by their own admission, did not warm up before, um, before a gig. And then afterwards they said to me that now that they knew they didn't need a piano or a space or 20 minutes you know they would stand at the side of the stage and blow through a straw finate through a straw for you know five minutes but that that made a difference and I think it's that isn't it there's loads of different obstacles but I think one of the largest is just the knowledge if Mm. you if you don't know that you can do that then you won't do it you know, had I have been told in those lessons when she wanted me to do, you know, half my lesson of boring scales, had I have known that I could do that in a different way that would have been shorter, potentially, and had we have done it, you know, we could have done it in a 
more interesting for my brain. We could have done it over a song. We could have, you know, used the melodies or a folk song or whatever you have to do, but on an SOVT sound. And for me, that might have worked better. So I think for those students, as I say, they said, <laughs> they said that their, that their approach had changed. There were some obstacles which, which were harder for them to navigate than others. And, and one of those things was living situation um, and feeling like they were being um, disrupted or they were being disruptive. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. those kind of mitigations are, well, you need to go practice at university yeah or you need to get some fancy headphones so that you can't hear them um so you know not all of not everything can be mitigated just through knowledge but I think a lot of the things the kind of confidence issues uh the motivation issues the finding it really boring just having knowledge helped them to view the warm-up as less of a like boring thing that they have to get through before they get to the fun stuff and actually Mm -hmm. the preparation for the fun stuff and I think that's often how we think about it it's like it's this really annoying thing that I have to do that I don't enjoy but that's good for me um so that I can do the fun singing part but my suggestion would be well why is this bit fun what is it about this bit that you like if it's because it's musical if it's because you get to improvise or if it's I don't know because it's emotional and you get to like connect emotionally then why not try and bring those things into the warm-up so you know put on a a backing track and just SOVT a little improvisation or put some emotion into your arpeggios let's sing this one really sadly let's make this one super happy or you know (laughs) try and try and mitigate those obstacles rather than just using them as a, as an excuse. Mm. Use the knowledge that hopefully you are gaining from my excellent research. Um, and, <laughs> but use that to, you know, to, to sort of try and bring those things closer so that you're less likely to avoid this thing that's good for you. That's great advice. And I think mm. in terms of us voice teachers... There's a lot to be learned for us as well, because oftentimes I think we kind of take it for granted. People know what a warm up is for. And, what, and so it doesn't always doesn't always come to us to have to explain that to people. And maybe that's something we should be thinking about a little bit more. Are we explaining mm. this well enough? Are our students going away understanding the difference between things that they do to warm up quickly before they go on versus things that they're doing to develop their technique, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, how do you approach that in a lesson? Do you, do you now factor that into your regular one-on-one lessons? Yeah, well, I'm really lucky because after that research project, my managers um, were open to me then running this as a workshop. So for the first, um, like at the very beginning of the semester, all of the well all of the singers and then all of the students are invited to come to this uh workshop so that they get that information there um and then we do talk about it in the lessons as well um because it's it's something that you know I will always ask them I ask them to come warmed up if possible but I don't want them to start saying that they've warmed up when they haven't so I say you know have you warmed up (laughs) 
And if they say no, I'm like, great, okay, well, let's do that. Um, and it eats into their lesson a little bit, not a lot. Um, and I try and um, sort of show them ways that we could do it that would still benefit the lesson. So, for example, if they are working on trying to, I don't know, learn a pentatonic scale or something, we'll do our warm-up using that so that we can try and combine the two. And then hopefully that's giving them more tools to then go, oh, I know I could do that. I could do that before I come into my lesson. Um, yeah. Mm. Absolutely. So we've talked a lot about SOVTs, so let's put you on the spot. Oh, no. Because I, 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 saw, <laughs> I saw on your TikTok that one of the thumbnails that you're blowing on your thumb. So what's your favorite SOVT exercise? For me, I really like the lip bubble and I don't know why, I don't know why. I just, I think when I was learning and spending more time doing these things, I found myself wandering the corridors of the university sounding like a horse. <laughs> just like, I just, I think once I found it, I was like, that's, that's, that's my SOVT. Um, <laughs> I really like a lip bubble. I hate, I tell you what I hate, I hate voice frictives, fricatives. I hate a sound. I feel like, I feel like it shows up all of my insecurities <laughs> just like <laughs> mm, no and I tell you know because I often when I'm warming up a choir and I I default to a lip bubble and you always see people going like oh I can't do a lip bubble and they're trying to and I'm like oh if you can't do that it doesn't matter pick whatever you want whatever one you want I had a I had a um a Scottish student who really struggled with the lip bubble but could tongue trill Mm. super easy because it was part of her um every day and so she would do that i can't maintain that as long uh, as a as a lip bubble because i don't use it as much but yeah lip bubble's my favorite mm. i love a lip bubble too yeah <laughs> that's always that one always draws the most looks at the traffic lights when you're sitting in the car and folk are like what are they doing <laughs> what's your favorite heather yeah, well, see, I love a lip bubble. I'm actually quite a fan of a raspberry, too. Uh, like a good I find that too messy. <laughs> mm. It's very messy. It's, it's not very COVID-safe, that one. <laughs> <laughs> but the look of horror on someone's face if they're struggling with a lip bubble, and I suggest they do that instead. I just It just amuses me. <laughs> and you see, I do have a fancy straw, but I've lost it. And that's the problem when you rely on external things. Is mm. I don't know where it is. I'm assuming a child has stolen it. I'm not sure. <laughs> thought thought it was a you know something to drink from. Um, but yeah, and and if I had, and if I had sort of told myself that that was the vital thing that would help me warm up, then I would be really stressed, and mm. I would probably mm -hmm. be avoiding warming up because I'd be like, I don't have my straw. So for me, it's really important to know alternatives <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. because otherwise yeah. yeah my brain will go oh well can't do it to sit now so well yeah if you're if you're like you know in the middle of the airport or something like that like relying on equipment that you can't take with you to places like it's just a barrier to warming up isn't it as you say so using your body for it for the warm-up mm -hmm. it's good advice it's great well thank so, you 
Oh, I was yeah. good. Have you, got, have, have you got another question, Tom? No, I, well, I was. I was going to ask if people can find out more about your research, yes, if there's anything that. published yet, or have you got things coming out in the future? So I don't have anything specifically published, but I did put all of my findings into a little workbook, an e-workbook nice. that you can find on my website. And so, and it includes things like journaling prompts so that you can work through um you know what your obstacles are and and how you might look at them differently um and so yeah that's on my website which is uh um and there's also i did do a um uh, an online course with similar content as well so that's fine that you can find that online too Nice. Well, we'll make sure we put those in the show notes. We'll also put a link to your TikTok as well, so everybody can find the video with you blowing your thumb that I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I was drawn straight to that video. <laughs> the power of the thumbnail. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, thank you for joining us. This has been a lovely little chat, getting to know a bit more about warm-ups, eh? Thank yeah. You. Thank you so much, Tessa. So that was our chat with Tessa and it was, as I said, really interesting and I think warm-ups, like we talked about, it's just, it's one of those things that's really misunderstood as to what, like, what what do you do? What's the purpose of the warm-up? Does it, how long does it need to be? And, you know, as she mentioned, like, what was it, six minutes for the blood flow to reach the optimum level? Yeah, and I think that's also the thing that we get confused about sometimes, well, certainly singers do, is the difference between exercises that as voice teachers give them simply to warm things up ready for work and the exercises we give them that I might be working on strength or flexibility or coordination which are more like what I describe as a workout a vocal workout Mm. and I do like to I liken it to when you go to the gym you know you go to the gym you don't go straight to picking up weights or well maybe you do but some people do it's not advised (laughs) most people would do a couple of stretches first before they went to do the hard work of building strength and the same even if you go to like a yoga class they don't go straight into like the most complicated (laughs) yeah most complicated or difficult coordination exercise there is they ease you into it so they kind of warm you up and then they work on your flexibility and your coordination. Mm. And that's kind of what we do as voice teachers as well. So we might have some exercises at the very beginning of a lesson that are there to warm somebody up into the lesson. But then we also have exercises that are focused on other things. And maybe we as voice teachers need to take responsibility for making sure our students understand the difference between the two. Mm-hmm. That these are your exercises we're just warming you up right now and now we're going to get on and do some really you know kind of hard work so this is your workout so that they don't go away confused thinking I've got to do that whole recording of my lesson before every gig because sometimes some of the stuff you give them might not be the right thing for them to be doing right before they go on to sing and that's why that's a really like say well it's kind of a sidebar but like asking your student you know are you gigging tonight like have Mm. you got a gig because we're going to do a very different lesson than somebody that doesn't have a gig that night you know right so that's a that's a great point to bring up and yeah I thought it was really interesting that kind of 
because I, I suppose like we just get used to doing stuff, don't you? And you just forget to make the distinction between this is just a stretch, this is the workout, and then even like this is the cool down. Because right, absolutely, I'm not and necessarily think, sure that's something I do in my lessons. No, I don't think I do very often either. And I, and actually, that conversation with Tessa did make me go back and think like, mm, maybe mm. I should be leaving a few minutes at the end of the lesson to go right. We've finished working on our song or whatever we've just been doing. Let's just quickly cool you down before you leave. Yeah, or at least telling them on your way home just do a few lip trills in the car on the way home just yeah. to make sure that you're cooling down on the way back um and something so yeah, that's some, certainly something i've taken away yeah and something else that made me think of as well there was because the, i there's a question i think i've been asked quite a few times is like well when i warm up do i go up and when i cool down do i come down from like you know high to low and vice versa mm. and you know it was interesting when she put us that, you know, think about where you've just been using all your voice. You know, the example was you're in a choir singing bass. Like, so, you know, you want to mm. warm up, uh, cool down, sorry, to the opposite of what you've been doing. And so that was also something that I'm taking away from this. Like, you know, where where have we been using your voice? Where do we need to cool it down? Versus just, you know. Yeah. Let's just do a bit. How do we return to centre? Mm, yeah. Absolutely. I think that's really great advice right. for singers. And just that it's, I agree. Know, so many, there's so many of these weird myths, like, you know, we have in the singing world, isn't it? You're like, warm ups is one of these things. Like, I mean, I've had students that have, you know, gone away and done like an hour's lesson and then gone on stage and done a gig and be like, oh, I felt a bit hoarse afterwards. I'm like, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> no wonder, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And again, if we liken it to any other kind of sport, you wouldn't expect, you know, a boxer to have done a full on, strength training workout and then gone and done his fight do you know you'll have tired out all the muscles doing that strength training and then they won't be able to work as effectively when they get in the ring absolutely so it's about understanding you know kind of how do we warm myself ready for the for the match ready for ready for the fight ready to go on stage um you know like i remember many years ago but maybe 10 years ago, I did a half marathon. And I remember Crazy training. Crazy man. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I, I, that was the first and last half marathon. I, I swear I've never been so close to crying in public, walk, just walking <laughs> home, or at least attempting to walk home. Um, but I remember, like, because there's, like, there's loads of different training programs and ideas about how to train and stuff like that. And, like, mm-hmm. one of the ones that I was following was, like, as you got closer and closer to the race, you brought your distance down because you didn't want to wear yourself out before the actual run right you know so i had talked to folk and they had oh i did a half marathon like two days ago and i'm like why 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 would you do that before the race like you know so like Mm -hmm. it's it's the same idea isn't it you know absolutely enough to get you ready for the race because boy you will feel it (laughs) you just start half marathon to warm up you are screwed unless you're like ultra fit unless you're the sort of person that runs marathons all the time and a half marathon's nothing you know yeah. Those crazy loons. Oh, people would get, I think I'll do a hundred mile run today around the canyon. You know, oh, lovely darling. <laughs> I would think I'll just crawl up the stairs to work. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Not, to be fit. Not, not for me. <laughs> no, me neither. 
I'll stick to standing on the sidelines with my choir and singing at the marathon runners. Thank you very much. Yeah, but that's <laughs> exercise, you know, like standing. Dancing, I tell you singing. what, last time I did that, I did. I did almost a half marathon in stepping mm-hmm. side to side on the sidelines of the marathon. I was, you know, it's like, oh, we did our own marathon here. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's great. But yeah, that was that was a really interesting conversation. And I think that's mm-hmm. something that we that you know because what was there there was something else she talked about that i was like oh i hadn't thought that before and of course now that i've said that that's gone in my head (laughs) i know brain fog today see it's because i haven't done my half marathon today (laughs) 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 what was this you said oh dear 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 it's old age (laughs) if it comes back to you we can talk about it next time (laughs) yes we can but yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that interview. Yeah, really interesting, interesting topic of conversation. There, something we we should all be thinking about as voice teachers for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, um, who's who's on our next episode, Tom? So, next episode is uh, another really interesting one, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's about dancers and singing, and it's with um, somebody else in the UK, Helen Woodley, who's going to be talking about her research into into that area and oh i i mean i have post-it notes in front of me when we did that and i was scribbling furiously all the things that she was saying like oh yes that's me oh i need to look that up absolutely <laughs> so, yeah, that was a really fascinating chat. talk and if you have ever taught a dancer in your life um or if you ever plan to teach a dancer in your life you never know when one's gonna walk through your doors mm. um you really want to listen to what this lady says because it's really important yeah, it was another great interview. I really did enjoy that one as well. And I remembered what I was going to say about warm-ups. Oh, go for it. It wasn't something that Tessa said. It was actually a shameless plug. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because it just so happens that IVA has a warm-up app coming out very shortly. Dun, see, dun, dun. I know. See, we, we were well ahead of ourselves like two years ago when we started this we had this episode in mind but yeah we have a we have a warm-up app coming out for um ios and android phones for male and female singers and it has just the right exercises to get the blood flowing so amazing stuff yeah well there you go but will there be a link to that yet in the in the in the show notes or is that still in the works that well it's due to come out on october 2023 so okay. this episode will go out just before it's ready so the best thing to do is we'll put a link to the mailing list and you can sign up to the mailing list and then you'll get notified when the app is released amazing yeah but it's exciting yeah I know. have your little warm-up app with you at all times your and you'll get sorted yes no excuses i love it <laughs> yeah Oh, well, thank you for joining us today, everybody. Indeed. I know. I hope that people find that interesting. And yeah, I just, I'm really, I'm loving the guests that we're getting on the the episodes. They're just, I feel like I'm learning something every time we chat to somebody. It's Which great. Which is fantastic. I love learning. Don't we? Mm. Just never stop learning. I love learning. Um, and yeah. yeah, hopefully you guys listening at home are also learning stuff. And, you know, just as a side note, if there are people that you think we ought to be having on our podcast because mm. you think they've got some gems to share, yes. give us a shout out. Let us know who should we be interviewing so that we get their wonderful ideas and thoughts as well. And that's uh, we'll great see suggestion. What we can do. Yeah. Mm. yeah, drop an email to hello at vocaladvancement.com. We'll, we'll put a link or we'll put that in the show notes as well. 
yeah. But yeah, that I would be really interested to see some of the suggestions that come in because I'm sure there are so many people that are we're just not aware of yet that Absolutely. would have some amazing stuff to share. I can totally. Tell. I can tell. Share, I can share, feel share. it in my water. <laughs> <laughs> or my cup of tea. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, wow. so that was the episode. Just that was like it. That. Poof, just like gone. that. Done. I know. We'll see you yeah. next time. I know. Have a great day. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen and uh, watch on YouTube. I tidied my room specially for this episode, so it's very neat and tidy behind me. <laughs> so make sure you watch on YouTube just to see how neat and tidy it is. I even got a duster out. Right? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh,